On today's show, we'll give you our opinions on what we see coming this year restaurant-wise and why, plus our food resolutions. We have news you can use, like when Barking Frog is closed for a few weeks, the opening of a second spot by the owners of Homer, and a new brewery from Anu and Chris Elford. Lots of fun events to consider in January, too. It's all coming up on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. Hi, this is Chef Bill Raniger from Duke's Chatterhouse, and welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live from the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the January 2020 Seattle Dining Show, number 2001, the first show of the year. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the first show of the new decade. The new decade? It's not just a new year, is it? No, it's the first show of the Roaring Twenties. Oh, yeah. You know, I've seen some things... People are advertising stuff like that. And it's kind 20s. of the beginning of our sixth season. Wow. It's the beginning of our sixth year. That's amazing. We've been doing it this long. Yeah. Uh, clearly by popular demand. People would just throw a fit if we stopped doing this show, right? Oh, people would leave town. <laughs> they would just move out, and then all those billboards would go up. The last person leaving Seattle turn out the lights. It used to be Boeing's fault. Now it's a Seattle dining show fault. Yep. I tell you. Well, we won't let that happen then. We'll just continue on. But I'm, I'm committed to enriching people's lives through food. Through food. Through food. And beverage. And, and good recipes. Yes. Eating at home and eating out. You know, I picked up a, an old uh, matchbook. At my house the other day, I was cleaning. Most of them are old by now, yeah, since that's very true. few people ever make them anymore. Yeah. Well, this one said on one side, uh, enhance your life. And then you turn it over and it says, eat out more often. I don't know where I got that. Huh. That's funny. We could make those. Yeah. And then have it say Seattle Dining yeah. on it. And all the people who miss matchbooks would love us. Maybe when you open a matchbook, there's just a bunch of toothpicks inside. Yeah. And then people would try to light them. I don't know that that's good. Well, let them try. <laughs> I like to watch. They can send us a video. We could we could put them in bars where people drink heavily. Yeah. And then we'd be highly amused every time we went in there, seeing them scratch and trying to get it to go. Put them in Chinese restaurants where people have to pick their teeth out constantly. Why do you pick out a Chinese restaurant for that? I think that's just that's where I get the most it. chicken stuck in my teeth is a Chinese restaurant. Well, that's because of where you eat. Doesn't happen when I go to a Mexican restaurant as much. No. Well, maybe sometimes. I think it does. Also, I think you swallow faster in Mexican restaurants because you love it so much. You just I just inhale the in. taquitos. Yep, mm-hmm. just straight in. There's no chewing. 
All right, then. <laughs> Enough about Tom's eating habits. I thought we would talk first today about what we see coming this year. And I will say that as I look down at the things I scratched down, that a lot of this is not new, but it's continuing unabated. Things like delivery being so big, people, you know, calling. I mean, so many companies deliver food, and, and it's not just groceries. It's pre-made food. They want their favorite stuff, and they don't want to go out and get it, that kind of stuff. That's Crazy. been going on, but mm -hmm. it's just continuing, continuing. Um, things like bigger places being replaced by smaller neighborhood spots. I think that's been going on for quite some time, and that doesn't seem to be changing. And, in fact, bigger spots are having a harder time. When we were talking to Peter Levy of Chow Foods, he was saying, you know, quick serve is the big thing because you don't have to have as much staff because people are just ordering at the counter. And then fine dining is generally okay. People with money still want to go out and spend money on food. But it's that casual dining, mid-range place. The bigger places that are casual dining. Yeah. Like, uh, give me an example. Well, Chow, Chow Foods, like Valentin Valentinetti's taken over for High Life because – High Life wasn't resonating with Ballard anymore. Okay, gotcha. Um, and it's also those are the places that have bigger staff needs. And mm -hmm. you know everybody for the last few years has been, have been talking about how hard it is to find good staff. Mm -hmm. And, of course, if you are good, people keep drawing you away. So people are lo lo losing staff all the time too, you know, to someone who will either pay more or it's closer to their home or, you know, whatever makes a job interesting to somebody. Hmm. wonder if we just – Need like a a restaurant training school in the city, something like that to train the restaurants on how to do these things to, or to train, train the people? staff. Yeah, like like uh, to you know people could go to classes on yeah. how to do better customer service yeah. or how to how to operate the kitchen better or you know something like that. I don't basic know. base basic restaurant staff rules, you know, one hundred and one. It might uh -huh. be a good idea. You know, a lot of restaurants might have people. They interview that they like, but they just, you know, they're, well, you they need the so much training. It's trial by fire. Yeah. You know, so you're not getting the best training if it's all hands-on. Yeah. But one if thing, you could go into a classroom, you know, we're, we're not talking like 12 weeks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm talking about a, you go to the class three times and yeah. you graduate from the class then. or so, you know, It's sort of like, mm -hmm. a, I don't know what they call it, a certification yeah. or something. I, th I don't think that's a bad idea. I do think when I talk to people, most people who are hiring say, I can train them on what I need them to do. What I can't train is attitude. Mm -hmm. You know, how to serve people, how to be happy, how to look, how to really create great customer service. But you can be trained in that. Some, You're yeah. not going to get it live on the spot. Yeah. But I mean, and some people just don't have that personality. You know, I mean, I think, honestly, I think I'm a nice person. But I'm like, when people start asking for ridiculous things, I'm like, what the hell? Well, yeah. And but, of course, I mean, that's not the attitude. Like, look at my personality. You're not kind of a jackass. Some people think I'm kind of a jackass sometimes. But then, you know, people will listen to me doing customer service and go, wow, listen to him talk yeah. to that customer. You, you know, that's true. You'll say, you'll be really mad about something and you'll say, I'm going to write a letter. And I'm like, oh, now you're scaring me. And you'll say, I'll, I'll send it to you and you can read it. And it's always like, wow, that's really well written. Uh -huh. Yeah, you do, you do customer so service. So you can train well. people to do that. I got trained. Yeah. 
They said you, it's okay if you want to be a jackass to be a jackass, but when you're on the, in the spotlight, you have to be a good boy. Is that what? Did somebody say that to you? <laughs> was it your mother? No, it wasn't. It was a former employer. <laughs> you are going to be out of here unless you take uh, my advice. Yeah, kind of. So they yeah. put me. They sent me to uh, some human interaction skills classes. Oh, yeah. oh, I was a horrible kid, you know. Yeah. And that, that was in my young adult years. Yeah. So, How, what were you in your twenties then? And there's people listening right now going, he's still a jackass. <laughs> I'm in my twenties, yeah. Yeah, but you can you can go with it, you know, and and you get a, a really good instructor, and you spend maybe in my case it was a couple of weekend sessions, mm-hmm. I think three different weekend sessions. What do you? Why do you think that worked with you? Um. Well, because you know when people are young, and it doesn't really matter how old they are. But if you can get them to blossom a little bit more mm-hmm. and be a little more receptive and be a little more mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> understanding of where someone might be when they come through the door, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and hopefully somebody wouldn't be in that class in the, unless they wanted the information, you know? So they would mm-hmm. be receptive. Well, good idea. And and so it's, it's something that um, either you could go and do this training on your own. At, at our school, mm-hmm. or um, or or an employer is going to say, "Hey, you got to go down to Tom and Connie's school yeah. of school conduct, of, school of non jackassedness." Yeah, the anti jackass school, <laughs> anti jackass restaurateur school. <laughs> There's so many people in the industry right now going, "We're not sending anyone to you." <laughs> uh, uh, and this is, you know, this is a prime example right here about why we are marketing geniuses. <laughs> Everybody's saying, why haven't we thought of this? <laughs> well, another thing that's going on, and and I think you and I have some different views on this, that uh, some some people, and this gets back to kind of that mid-range restaurant experience, some people are not going out to dinner as much. Um, population's growing, and yet the dinner business is declining. Mm-hmm. So part of what you were thinking... And I'll I'll just let you talk about that about people wanting healthier options. Yeah, and so restaurants are missing the mark by not upping their food quality by by not offering more organic. Uh, come on, you know, look at what's going on in the grocery store. The organic business is booming. Yeah, it's growing in every store. The restaurants aren't following suit with that. So as a result, people like myself are going to eat at home more. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, I understand food cost and all that, and uh, I'm willing to pay more money for better food, mm-hmm. and I do. Yeah, you know, so um, you know, if the population is growing and the number of people that are patronizing restaurants is dropping, then if you got a restaurant and you're not doing, you're not following the trends at the grocery store, um, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can just keep on going the way you've been going. We don't want our grandma's apple pie. <laughs> oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> and, you know, actually, this is where I sort of disagree because I do agree with you that that trend is toward a healthier thing. I think people are understanding more that what they put in their bodies really does impact how they feel and how they act, their energy levels and things. Um but I do still think a lot of people are hanging on to the feeling that going out to dinner is special, whether it's, you know, just a fun thing whipping through the drive-thru at McDonald's because 
the kids are, you know, busy or if it's just a casual night out or a really fine dining experience, part of it is going out and having this food that tastes so wonderful. Now, we've talked a lot about in the past that restaurant food is so good because it's high salt, high fat, high sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's things that aren't particularly good for you on a regular basis. But I'm not completely convinced like you are that people are turning away from restaurants because they can't get healthy food there. Because I think that's partly why we go out to restaurants. And I think that in some cases, uh, people are able to cook better at home. Mm-hmm. They make better food at home than they yeah. get at the restaurants that are within, say, a yeah. mile of where they live. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, like, uh, like I'm up here in Broadview, and within a mile of me, um, best thing we got is Saltoro. Yeah. And you can't go there seven nights a week. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't even want to – I wouldn't want to go there every week. Yeah. But uh, um, other than that, I don't have you know I don't have I don't have the deep pockets to go down to Flint Creek Cattle Company, oh, yeah. so that one's out of the question. Uh, and you know what's going on uh, to the west of me over at the Thirsty Fish? Mm-hmm. I cook better than that. Yeah. Come on, I make that food twice as good. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. I yeah. I just I uh, personally I'm looking for healthier options. Yeah. Obviously, at the grocery store, so are a lot of yeah. other people. Yeah, I'm just saying I'm not sure that's what's keeping people out of restaurants. And the other thing that I think, and this is a one of those things that restaurants struggle with, I'm sure, is that people who like you, you're not a good example, but people who have decided they do want to eat better, they are buying organic and grass fed at home, they are doing things right at home, they haven't made that mental leap to, I will pay more for my groceries, but I will not go out and pay $40 for an entree at a restaurant. Yeah. And that's what it costs. You know, those it's a higher price to do organic. And, you know, even though they're paying wholesale prices, they have overhead, they have staff, they have, you know. Mm-hmm. And people aren't quite there yet, I think. It's, and, it's expensive. And don't forget we have a glut of restaurants mm-hmm. in town right now. We have way more restaurants than we need. Yeah. Um, and that's all going to shake down when we get into a recession at some point mm-hmm. here. Well, it already sort of have started Starting to shake shaking down. down now, yeah. 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 But it seems like for everyone that closes, another one opens yeah. still. So. Yeah. So I don't know oh, um, on that. What else? Um. What else do we want to talk? Well, and like you say, delivery is is there, so that cuts down the need for wait staff at some of the lesser yeah. <clears throat> quality restaurants. Yeah, yeah, and that you know, I don't know. Even in the maybe, especially in the lower and the casual, really casual dining stuff, I don't think that emphasis is put on customer service, and it's as critical there as it is in fine dining. You know, you you can go out of business. If you're a fast food place, in fact, one of my guilty pleasure places, food-wise, is a you know takeout Dicks. place. No, but but the <laughs> the service has been so bad, and to me, maybe it's just a bad taste in my mouth because of the service is so bad. But I don't even think the food tastes the same. Where's this taco time? Oh, taco time! And it's the one down on Fifteenth. Uh, it's always been really good, and you know, it's probably high cal. I know it's high calorie, and but. I don't do it that often, and it's great, but I've been three times because I just don't want to give it up, and I don't think I can go again. 
Mm-hmm. And the service That's is That's why I didn't horrible. get you a Taco Time gift certificate for Christmas yeah, this year. I was looking for it. My stocking was <laughs> oh, empty. I made sure not to do that. <laughs> well, I we talked about, about it. it. Yeah, we had talked about it. And I, since we talked about it, I went one more time. And it was like the service was appalling. Yeah. Well, and they do. It's they, hard to get bad service right at the counter. I know. But it was, I don't know what's going on. They're having trouble there. I don't know if they all are or if this is just a So you, you think issue. in some cases people are just fed up with bad service too, huh? Um, I think that can be since it's a bit hard to get anyone, let alone really good people, mm-hmm. um, for certain levels of service. You know, I mean, I think fine dining, there are professionals who, who work in that arena. And, and we've got to get our okay. Tom and Connie Server University open in 2020. We've got to get going. Yeah, we got to get we got to make that happen because there's a need right now. All right. Well, listen, we've been we despite all this talk about people not eating out, we have been eating out. So yes. where have we been eating out? Let's see. Um, one of the places we tried recently was Jetty Bar and Grill, and that it's in the Hotel Indigo, a brand new hotel in Everett. And, and this know, is one for people to put on their list to go investigate because it's uh, it's kind of a cool little location. It's out of the way. It's a destination yeah. location for sure. Yeah. It's on the water. It's on a marina. And the marina area around it, there's kind of two areas. There's a little marina area. There's an organic distillery there. There's a brewery tap house there that I didn't know about either one of those. And and there's more stuff coming. And then a little bit further down the road is where the big marina is. In the summer, they have concerts. Lombardi's is there. Anthony's is there. Mm-hmm. So right in that area, right on the water there, it's it's growing. Mm-hmm. So um, And then we actually stayed overnight at the hotel. And I, for some reason, maybe it was just the week or something, but I really felt like I'd had a little getaway. Yeah, it was I a had, nice, nice room. Yeah. Had a view out, you know, and either side that you're on on the hotel, you're going to get a marina view. Yeah. So, so that's kind of nice. And then we, we had gone there for uh, kind of their grand opening, even though they'd been open for several months. Um, so we had their catering, the arm, catering arm of Jetty Barn Grill did the little appetizers and stuff, which were all very good. And then we had dinner there because we wanted to try it out. And we had breakfast the next morning. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a miso black cod. It was delicious. You were a little – there was something about the pokey that, that you weren't – the sauce wasn't as umami as you wanted or something. Um, seemed to me that maybe it had been frozen and it, the texture of it wasn't as mm. firm as I would like. Oh, okay. So. So, but. And if something's frozen for a while, then it kind of – because the way the moisture goes, it starts to break up the protein. Yeah. So – I wonder. It seems like for their – when they knew people were coming in for grand opening, they wouldn't have been using old tuna. But Oh, well, we talked about this on a show a couple months ago that sometimes frozen is better Yeah, because you don't have it laying around at a warmer temperature mm-hmm. starting to go bad. Yeah. So I don't mind that. But then I, then in the case of this, it was it seemed like it was more of a long-term freeze. Yeah. Hmm. But everything else that we ate, we enjoyed. We had some interesting cocktails. And, and we had breakfast the next morning. That was good. Yeah. I didn't have what I wanted, so they made uh, what I wanted, no. a breakfast sandwich, and then they ended up making it for me on multigrain. Yeah, because they ran out of croissants. Yeah. And you were like, I looked at you and thought, you won't care. You're not a croissant eater, really. Yeah, I know. I just really wanted to be bad one time, but yeah. I didn't do it. <laughs> one time. 
So that was a good experience. And then um, yesterday I had lunch at the Beach House Bar and Grill in Kirkland. And I have not been there, I'm thinking, five to eight years, something like that. Long time ago. Long time ago. And um, it was fine. It's it's such a beautiful view. I mean, it's right on the lake, and you kind of forget how beautiful that view is across to the city. And it was it was lovely. Who and are that many waterfront restaurants right there no. in Kirkland? Surprisingly, Anthony's is upstairs and, and looks out over. Um, and there's the the slip, whatever the new name of that is down there, pretty close. But yeah, there's not considering how much waterfront there is. Yeah. Um, they had both cod and halibut fish and chips. We had halibut fish and chips, and it was pretty good. It wasn't. So you had breakfast, sir. Lunch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fish yeah, and chips for lunch. Fish and chips for breakfast. Sometimes Whoa. you're just in a mood, just in a mood. <laughs> they come with a croissant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a fine place to go. It it you know it'll probably be another five years before I go. Um. It didn't wow me, but it wasn't bad either. I mean, and it's kind of, it's a little old school still. You know, it has the old foghorn feel to it a little bit, which I like, mm-hmm. which I really like. So that's kind of, the atmosphere pulls me back. So um, the other two things I was going to bring up are things I can't ever do again. Um, I had holiday tea at the Fairmont Olympic, Olympic, and I can do that again. But they're going into a massive renovation of the public spaces starting in January, starting this month. Mm-hmm. So um, it will never look quite like it does now, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a beautiful. And the Christmas tree was up when you were there. Right? Yeah, but when you're in the Georgian, you don't really see it. Oh, but, I see. But um, and it was so it was a really kind of a special thing for me because it won't look that way again. It'll be just as lovely in a different way, you know. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just that particular look of that room won't be there. And then I had dinner at Pear New No on the last night before they closed down forever. Yeah. And the owners retired. So um, that was a fun thing to see how many people supported them and came out. It was packed. They and. Didn't- I'm going to give my hats off to Connie because uh, David and Lily put together a book to sort of commemorate the end of Perkeno. And uh, they, there's about 20 – how many recipes are in the book? 25. 25 recipes in the book. So if you, if you think you're going to miss the place and you like to cook, mm-hmm. get the book and you'll have 25 of the recipes. And Connie was the editor – actually wrote quite a bit of the book it's, and then was the editor on all the recipes and nailed the recipes down the way we like them, which is like no. serves four to six instead of serves 16 to 20. Yeah, well, that wasn't, I mean, David did all the recipes <coughs> and he was the one who cut those down. He knew that it wouldn't be realistic to say I thought you were the one who kind of pushed him on that though. I, could, I forget things so easily. Perhaps I beat him about the head and shoulders. <laughs> he'll, he'll remember if I did. Um, and and it is the book is a, less a commemoration of the end of the restaurant as a story of their life. They both immigrated um, from other parts of the world and ended up in California and found each other. So hmm. it's the story of their life, what their American dream was, having their kids, having a business. You know, so so it was a fun experience, and it is a fun book. You can get that through their website. 
Well, hey, we're going to take a break. I've got I've got my restaurants that I want to go through, but we're running a little long on the first segment here. So we're, let's take a break, and when we come back, I'll cover the restaurants that I've been eating at, and then we'll get into the news. Bites. That sounds like a plan. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, this is uh, Brian. Uh, I live in Seattle. Uh, if I were to recommend a place to go, it would be Lakosho, the Harbor Steps. Reason why uh, is something new to experience on a regular basis off of uh, Matt's menu, and uh, I think the variety is excellent. Hi, this is Holly Smith from Cafe Juanita, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. You are back on the Seattle Dining Show with owner Tom Marin and editor Connie Adams. And we're going to pick up where we left off with Tom's where he's been eating lately. I went to the Wheelhouse. Wheelhouse. Which is out at the Old Red Hook Brewery. You and I went there. Yeah. And um, this is a new restaurant that's put together by the people that own Teatro Zanzani. And it was quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of interesting because I've been going to that location since 1997 when I moved up to Seattle. And it was the Forecasters Brew Pub? That's right. And I remember in, in the spot where we sat, if you've never been down to this uh, building facility, there's uh, a lot of like 45-degree angle beams all over the place. And I always remember the first time I went in there, I guess they were doing some kind of a snowboard promotion. There was a bunch of Red Hook snowboards hanging off the 45-degree oh. angle beams. And now the whole thing's all redone. You actually sit around the beams. Yeah, it's a fire pit, fire table. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, we had a whole bunch of different stuff because they brought us out samples of everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, really good. And I, I highly recommend it as a place for someone to go back and check out the new in the old. Yeah. It is not an inexpensive place. No. So you can go and have drinks and appetizers, and there's not a formal happy hour. Um, so you can you can do things that are less expensive. Mm-hmm. But the entrees are pretty pricey. I mean, they're, they're typical restaurant prices. I but some people don't care about that. So yeah. br- just pack your wallet full of cash and... <laughs> And enjoy Grab it. your credit cards. And, and enjoy go. it. All right. Where else? Uh, let's see. Another place uh, we mentioned earlier is uh, Valentinetti's down in the old Ballard. High Life. High Life. And also, I remember it as the Firehouse. Oh, when it was a club more. <coughs> it was kind of a nightclub, yeah. Yeah. So um, this is the, the same guy who owned the high life and has is repurposed it into a Italian restaurant, uh, kind of uh, traditional Italian dishes. Uh, there's pizzas, although I don't. Oh yeah, we did have some pizza. Oh, it's not. It's pinza. 
Don't call it pizza. Remember, it says that on the menu. Don't call it pizza. What's it called? Pinza. P-I-N-S-A. Okay. Pinza. Okay. Leaning Tower Pinza. <laughs> um, it was good. It was good yeah. food. Yeah. We had, we, again, we tried samples of several things. Uh, the other thing they do that's nice is that on the pinzas, was it pinzas? Yeah. On the um, salads, and no, salads and the pastas, mm-hmm. they have two sizes. Oh, yeah, I do like that. So you can come in and get a nice glass of wine, a salad, and some pasta, and it'll be under $30 for you alone. And you can just, you know, have a nice sit at the bar, have a nice evening. You know, you don't have to go home and, or have it delivered. Yep. And uh, the server was really well trained. And I will say that we had a, quite a good server back at the wheelhouse, too. Yeah. Oh, an excellent server, Robert. <coughs> um, the woman at uh, Valentinetti's had come from. Wasn't it an Ethan Stoll restaurant that was closed? I think so. Yeah, it was like Bramling Cross. I can't remember now, but but she was a rel- she was relatively new to Chow Foods, mm-hmm. and obviously new to the Valentinetti's since it's brand new, mm-hmm. and um, she was killer. Good. She was good. Yeah, she, she was really, really good. good. She was also really good at pairing wines. Yeah. with the food. Yeah, early on, you know, in mm-hmm. her career there, so yeah. that's good. Yeah, and you know what? You can tell, and this is what good service is to me. A lot of times is when somebody's passionate about stuff. Mm-hmm. She was like, "Oh yeah, you know, if you're going to do that, what I, I, you could do this. You, you know what? I'm going to bring a couple because I'm going to have a surprise for you too. Oh, you yeah. know." And she would, she was excited about it, mm-hmm. and it made it really fun. So get down there while she's still excited. Yeah. Don't wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, the last one on my list, I had a dreadful experience. Ooh. I went to Rosita's at Green Lake. Mm. And uh, that was probably some of the worst refried beans I've had in a long time. Uh, I I don't think you could have made them more, made them taste more like they came out of a can than they did. They were horrible. Wonder if they're using Rosita's canned beans. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I don't recommend people go there. I think that that food quality needs to come up. And, you know, people who want to go there and patronize that over and over again, fine with me. But it's not a place I'm going back to at all. Um, And then, you know, they own, what is it, Lupita's over here on Holman Road? Oh. They own that location, too. Oh, I didn't realize that. Or they did. They They might have split. Um, but I'm definitely not going back to Rosita's, Rosita's for a long time, if ever again. I think 2019 was one of their big anniversaries, 25 or 30 years or something like that. Well, it can't, the beans uh. taste like they've been in those cans for 30 years. Ooh. Or maybe they were opened 30 years ago. That would be even worse. So now All that right. we told you where not to eat, yeah. let's, uh, let's move on to the news bites. All right. So here's uh, – I'm going to kind of whip through these because some of these have been out for a little bit in the last several weeks so people know. But closures closures are already big for the Mm -hmm. end of the year. I think like you mentioned, there are some leases ending and some people are just not going to re-up their lease and things. But um, Tom Douglas closed Home Remedy – or yeah, Home Remedy, Tanaka-san, and Assembly Hall in the VIA 6 apartment building. That's happening by the end of January. So he's totally breaking up with VS6 because remember yep. he owned a townhome in there. Did he a, own it or he was leasing it or something? He might have bought well, it. Yeah, I don't he know. bought it. Yeah, yeah. and then and then he sold it. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. So he, he is done out. with them. So he's totally breaking up with them. Yeah. 
Ethan Stoll is closing three, sort of closing three places. Marine Hardware and Bramling Cross are going into private event spaces, and Super Bueno is becoming a Tavolata. That all closed at the end of December. Um, Tavolata and How to Cook a Wolf are the concepts he's running with. So Yeah, I went to Super Bueno. I wasn't impressed. I never went back. Yeah, so not a heartbreaker. And, not, you know, I, I, I wish him well on doing event spaces. I'm sure he has a clientele at this point that needs mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So um, that's, that's probably a really good move for him, I hope. Yeah. Well, I, I, we were talking about this the other day, and that's why Kevin and Teresa Davis, one of the reasons they opened Orfeo, they wanted that upper mezzanine area. They wanted a place to do private events because Blue Acre and Steelhead didn't have that much space. And yeah. they had more need than they ha- had room. So, but it'd be interesting to see if they actually ever take the space and say this is just officially going to be an event space. Orfeo? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So no, no, no. Um, Tallulah's on Capitol Hill was apparently a big mess that closed, but now they're saying maybe it's coming back. Somebody's going to do something with it. So we'll see. Hmm. Then Big Chicky in Hillman City closed. The flower, F-L-O-U-R, box, a dessert spot, is going in. Did you ever eat at Big Chicky? No, actually, it was kind of on my list. One of those things that I'm never in Hillman City, and so I've never done it, but it was kind of like, I should go down and try that. Never came up on my radar. Yeah. Never heard of it before. Well, I never mentioned it because you would never That's go there, I'm sure. in touch I am. Yeah. Full Tilt on 15th on Capitol Hill closed. University Seafood in the University District closed after, good God, 75 years or something. But the owners are 81 and 89 or 89 and 91. Don't you wonder why people don't try to sell these businesses or maybe they did and nobody wanted to buy it? It was really a small place on the side street. I don't I don't that, know. That, that one's never been on my radar either. Now, if I heard that Mutual Fish was closing because the owners were retiring, yeah. I'd be surprised by that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think I think there's family involved there, so there's probably a generational takeover. But mm-hmm. I don't think there was in this case. And then Kurt Farm Shop in Chop House Row closed. Sweet Alchemy and Ice Cream Spot is going in. So those closures. Barking Frog is closing for two weeks from January 5th through the 19th. This is just to redo the kitchen floor, so no one needs to to panic about this. Um, then the owners of Homer... Have we ever talked about the way the Twin Teepees used to close for a week every summer to, to do a, a deep clean and do whatever modifications mm. need to be done? Yeah. Some sure. people don't remember the Twin Teepees. Oh, sad for them. If you're ever standing in line at Best Cafe, you can look down the street <laughs> at where the Twin Teepees used to be. <laughs> and you'll see. But I always liked that, that they, that they, you know, they would automatically yeah. close for a week every summer. I think it was one, maybe it was two weeks. Yeah. And they'd go through and they'd replace floors that needed to be replaced. They'd do painting, touch-up, whatever. Yeah. And then pop it back open, it was always in good shape. Yeah. Remember when we went down to Napa that first time in January, we thought that would be a good quiet month to go. <laughs> and that did pan out. The only problem was most of the restaurants closed for the entire month for a yeah, deep clean. Yeah. So, so we you got to watch out for that. Yeah. So um, the owners of Homer, which is another place I want to get you, you and me to, Logan Cox and Sarah Knowles are opening a fast casual place just north of that on Beacon Avenue, and they're going to call it Milk Drunk. It's a soft-service ice cream with dip sauces, toppings, waffle cones. But they will also have cocktails and, you will love it, fried chicken sandwiches. Mm. So and, the, and they must be going to have some boozy shakes, huh? That would be a good idea. 
Having a boozy shake and a big chicky fried yeah. chicken sandwich. Locale lunch and dinner. <laughs> so that's looking like an early summer opening. And then um, another place going into SeaTac. This one's in the D terminal. It's Poke to the Max, which has a lot of spaces around their opening. Now they're going to do one at the airport. Hmm. And then a spot called Zika, Z A I K A, has moved into the former Tango space on Capitol Hill. It's a kind of a new take on Indian food. The owner said there's plenty of Indian food in Seattle, so he's doing something a little different. He is having $15 lunch tallies, so that'll be interesting to see what that's like. And then There's plenty of bad Indian food in Seattle. Yeah, there is that, too. We like the saffron. We do like saffron, okay, actually. Yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, Hong Soon Park, do you remember Park from, uh, he did cooking with class several years in a row. He's got Chan and Baco down in the Pike Place Market. Yeah. He's taking over the Trove spot on Capitol Hill in a, and starting a place called Meat, M-E-E-T, Korean Barbecue. Mm. So it's sort of a joke because he's going to do good quality meat. But I'm just saying, I don't think it's, uh, from what I read, it's not grass-fed. Um, but he's going to open there. And it's, it's great because it's Korean Barbecue and Trove had put in all the equipment to do that because that mm-hmm. was part of what they were doing. So he's set. Um, then a nice award for Mark Ryan Winery, their The Dissident Wine, um, was number 45 in Wine Specter- Spectator's Top 100 list for 2019. And it's just one of two Washington wines on the list. So hmm. that was nice. Do we know what the other one is? I don't know. I was going to look it up, and I did not. Hmm. Then um, Daniel's Broiler is celebrating their 40th anniversary. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Good God. I think I've been there for all 40. Good God. (laughs) Um, In any case, for the month of January, to celebrate, they will offer a $40 bottle of, I never say this right, Vuv, V-U-V-E. Sure. Vuv, Clicquot, Clicquot, Yellow Label Brut Champagne. I'm going to get letters about my French. Just tell them you want the champagne special. Yeah. It's normally $145 retail. And you're going to get it for 40 bucks. For 40 but you have to purchase um, lunch, dinner, or weekend brunch entree. Okay. So One know. entree. Well, and that's we'll what it, it said. I'm thinking they probably mean per person, but <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. It is a celebration of their anniversary. So, um, And then a new brewery is coming. It's going to be called Here Today. This is Anu and Chris Elford. They have No Anchor, Vinny's Raw Bar, Navy Strength, and Rob Roy. Mm-hmm. And they're partnering with Avery Swanson, and she's a master. I'm not going to say this right either. Cicerone? Cicerone? I think that's how you say it. I think it. it's Cicerone. Yeah. She is one of 18 people in the world to pass the highest level of beer certification. Hmm. So they're going into the 10 Clay Building. This is the former spaghetti factory. Oh, yeah. And hopefully opening, opening in late summer. Hmm. So that'll be interesting. And then, um, this is sad for me, but Joel Gameron, who was the national chef for Sir Latab, has left Sir Latab. So I haven't talked to him yet, but um, at the moment, Sir Latab is saying there's no plan for a replacement for him at this time. So we'll just kind of keep tracking on what's going on with them and with Sir Latab and with Joel. We had him on the show a couple of years ago. He was a blast to, to have on the oh, show. Yeah. And He's we're going to find him and get him back on the show. We're trying. He was all excited about it, but he had a lot going on in New York, even though he had moved back here. He's, he had a book out. He was doing the scrap show, and mm-hmm. he was a busy guy. So hopefully we'll be hearing from him. Mm-hmm. 
And then this is just a little. This is not a food tip coming up. It's by not the a way. food tip. It's but just... this was such a good tip. Connie had to put it in here because obviously there is food connected to yeah. this. Go ahead. Okay, because I would never stay at a hotel without finding something to eat. <laughs> um, and I've never heard of this before. But if you are a Washington, Oregon, or BC resident, and you have to have proof when you check in, you can get twenty percent off your overnight accommodation at the Fairmont Olympic. Now, I'm wondering, it says specifically your overnight accommodation. So I think if you stay a week, you don't get 20% off every night. I don't know. It just it was unclear. I wonder if this goes along with all the other Fairmonts, or is it just exclusive I, to that I location? believe I believe it's all the sort of Pacific Northwest, so the Vancouver, the mm-hmm. you know the, one, the ones on the waterfront, and um, I'm blanking on the other names. I think it's good for all of those. Um, and the offer is available year-round. And like all hotels, rates will fluctuate based on season, and they're quoted exclusive of taxes. So, it says the rates start from two forty nine. Um, so not inexpensive, especially if you're going to add tax and stuff on it. But still, for a really fine hotel experience, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. So just a little bonus tip from the Seattle Dining Crew. That's a good crew. little tip. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back with calendar options for January. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, my name is John Blair from Walla Walla, and when I visit Seattle, one of my favorite places is Wild Ginger. Hi, this is Brian Carter from Brian Carter Cellars, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Welcome back to the Seattle Dining Show, the first show of the decade as well as the year. Gone. 2020 has arrived. Gone. <laughs> I know you don't really know this, but that's Tom Marin, owner of Seattle Dining. Um, and we are heading into the calendar. And keep in mind that there's lots of fun things to talk about, but we can only do so much on the podcast. So check back online, seattledining.com backslash calendar. To check in, because we add things all the time. What do we you have going on? Do. Uh, first one going on is uh, Saturday, January 4th, from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. It's the Truckful Making at Indie Chocolate on Western Avenue. You're going to be making truffles. It's going to be $65. You will learn bean-to-bar chocolate, ganache, and, tr- and how truffles are made. Uh, you'll, you're going to make hand-rolled truffles and experiment with your own flavor combinations. <laughs> Can I bring my essential oils? <laughs> you know what that reminded me of was when you made, when we mixed to make our own wine oh, yeah. stuff. I thought it was kind of the same sort of thing. It would be fun. Yeah. Uh, take the truffles that you've made home. All the chocolate is 72% dark made dark. without soy, dairy, or gluten. Don't know if it's USDA organic or not. I would doubt it. Yeah, I would doubt it. Otherwise, yeah. it'd be one hundred and thirty dollars yeah. instead of sixty-five. <laughs> exactly. And people would be licking it off the tables if they dropped anything. Mm. So Sunday, January twelfth. This was another interesting thing that I was putting as I was putting the calendar together. 
Most things are later in the month. I think everybody's given people time to get over the holidays. Yeah. So Sunday, January 12th, from 6 to 9 p.m., we have the Goose Ridge Winemaker Dinner at Revolve Food and Wine. It's between 110 and 140, and I believe the 140 is that you get to sit at the table with Dr. Dusty, who owns the restaurant, and the winemaker. Okay, but I thought they had a rate if you weren't going to drink wine. Don't they usually at those? I don't think so. No? Okay. Well, I I could be wrong. I don't recall that. Okay. So it's a five-course meal with beverage pairings, and gratuity is included in that amount. Um, The dining experience is by Goose Ridge Winery and Revolve's team, led by Chef Kloss. So um, apparently Christmas is over and Chef Claus is available again. Yes, exactly. Some you got to do something the rest of the year. <laughs> so the menu sounds really good to me. You start with a colossal grilled prawn. You have a Brussels sprout salad, a petite bacon wrapped fillet, a Thanksgiving en croute, which was uh, something. Now I can't remember well, the croute, the bread, and it's stuffed with turkey and cranberry and all the Thanksgiving things. Hmm. And then you get a personal pumpkin pie. Wow, so we're going back to November real quick here in, in January. Yeah, sounds huh. pretty tasty And I'll bet there's me. some real good deals on turkey out there right now. Yeah, they're getting a good deal. Huh. Yeah. All right, Thursday, January 16th at 6 p.m., it is the Beauty Wine Dinner at Cafe Campagna. Cost is going to be $125 per person plus tax and grat. Nina Beauty will be on hand to talk about the wine. Going to be a four-course menu created by chef owner Daisley Gordon, and he's great. So that's going to be good. Did they have a, any media seats they need to fill on that? Yeah, one? we hmm. should beg. We should beg from Daisy Daisley. All right, Saturday, January eighteenth. Um, this is in Walla Walla. It's the Walla Walla State Company. It's the second dinner in their Big Five series, and what they're doing is they're celebrating the five different wine districts. In Walla Walla. Mm-hmm. So this one is the west side. The winery is from the west side. Menu right now is to be announced. I don't have it yet, and I don't have the amount yet. So keep um, keep looking back, and I'll try and find that and get it up there. Okay. Uh, let's see. On uh, Sunday, January 19th, this is going to be the Bassa Special Dinner with Hong Kong chef John Nguyen. $125 per person. And that includes wine pairings. It does not include your ferry ticket. <laughs> yeah. Because Bassa is on Bainbridge Island. Exactly. So, uh, Owner's friend, John Nguyen of Chum Chum, Hong Kong's lively Vietnamese bar and kitchen, is going to be on hand. He'll be doing uh, frog legs, duck breast, salmon congee, and a bone marrow flan. Yeah, I'm not even sure if that was salmon congee, bone marrow flan, or two different things. There was no comma, so I don't. So know there's only all. one way to know. Yep. You gotta go. You gotta go, and that sounds pretty interesting. Then Tuesday, January 21st, from seven to nine p.m., Rubens Brews Tasting Tuesdays: The Fun of Fermentation. This is kind of an interesting thing. If you're really into like home brewing, or you think you want to get into brewing professionally, and you don't want to blow your basement up, yeah, and you have to learn this. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're doing these Tasting Tuesdays, and it's a different – it's a series, and they're doing different discussions. So this is um, the fun of fermentation, 
and you're going to learn the art and science of fermentation and the yeast gurus of White Labs San Diego, as well as Rubens Brewers, will be on hand. Apparently, White Labs is where everybody goes to get their answers, so they're like a big deal. So the thirty. I go to Yellow Labs to get my answers. <laughs> to get your exercise. <laughs> so this is thirty dollars, and it includes access to the workshop, five tasters, and one twelve-ounce pour. It's part of this series, um, hands-on education, so you can enjoy your beer to the fullest. Hmm, that's a good thing. Sounds interesting. Uh, okay, on Thursday, January twenty-third, six to eight thirty. This is Maple Leaf's favorite restaurant, The Shambles, <laughs> presents Beef Four Quarter Breakdown Class. Sounds like you're going to be dancing while you break the meat down or something. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. This will be $175, and that includes drinks and snacks, a Shambles gift bag, including steaks from the demo, as well as 20% off in the restaurant or retail case. The head butcher at Shambles, if you haven't been to Shambles before, this is a place that has sort of a, a butchery inside the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So, And they do a uh, lot of If you're of grass. vegetarian, this is not the place for you. <laughs> yeah. They do a lot of grass-fed, too. Yeah, they do. They do, and a lot of uh, organic stuff on the menu. Uh, we got to go back soon. Yeah. Uh, head butcher Scott Johnson is going to help you learn butchery techniques as he applies as it applies to the whole beef carcass forequarter. Uh, the cuts are going to include the chuck, the shoulder clod, the rib, the brisket, the shank, and the plate. And plate. I'd never heard of that. Huh? See, I'm learning stuff already. I'm uh, not even there. And there'll be a demo on trimming and portioning of common steaks like ribeye, short rib, and small roast. Now, I guess this would be something someone would want to go to if they're planning on buying sides of beef and cutting them up and yeah. holding them in cold storage at their house. A lot of people will do that, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of a thing that goes on that is, is a bigger business than you would imagine. Yeah. Well, for instance, B&E, Meats and Seafood, that's one of the services they offer. If you hunt and you bring a deer or an elk in, they'll break it down for you and freeze it, you know, put it in packages mm -hmm. according to the size you want it, mm -hmm. you know, so you can take it home and freeze it. The so, season just ended, so. Did it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is beef, too. I hope nobody's out shooting cows. But I'm just saying there are places that do this for you, but if you want to do it yourself, you know, and buy. Yeah, you could learn. Yeah. So. So, uh this month, Waterways Cruises has a couple things going on. The first is on the 24th. It's a cider pairing dinner with Schilling Hard Cider Company. And the 25th is the Roaring Twenties Party Cruise. Um, it's 82 for the cider pairing. It's 62 for the Roaring Twenties. Both are uh, 21 and over. Well, yeah, both are 21 and over. They both leave from the same spot, the Waterways Home Port on North Lake Way. Um, the second one, don't get these confused. The second one, you can dress up mm -hmm. if you want to do a costume. I would not do a costume for the Schilling Cider one. And we got all the details about both yeah. of these on the site. So you can go there and see them there. But it sounds fun, both of them. Yeah. Uh, and the last one we have here, although there's more on our calendar, Saturday, January 25th. From 1 to 10. From 1 to 10 p.m., the 11th Annual Belgian Fest. Buy your tickets online for $40 or get them for $45 at the door while they last. Uh, 
Uh, there's going to be a $5 designated driver admission discount available at the door. No, it's $5. It's not a discount. You only have oh, to pay you only $5, have to, pay to, $5 to get $5. Okay. If you're not going to drink, which is fair. All right. That's fair. Um, Washington Beer Commission's Fest takes place at the Fisher Pavilion at Seattle Center. And the admission includes a tasting glass. Oh, boy, we need more of those. And (laughs) 10 tasting tokens. Each taste is four ounces, so you'll be getting 40 ounces of beer. Yeah, that should be enough. There's going to be 100 Belgian-style beers crafted by Washington Breweries. All beers are brewed with Belgian yeast. So if you're a Belgian fan, this is the place for you. Hmm. Well, um... We're gonna we're we're done with the calendar. We're gonna come back, and when we come back, this is gonna be my favorite part. I think of the show this <laughs> month. Uh, we're gonna talk about some of our New Year's resolutions, and maybe give you some ideas of some things you hadn't thought of that you might want to pick up on in the new year. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by. Revolve True Food and Wine Bar in Bothell, where a passion for wellness, wonderful food, and good wine infuses everything they do. All menu items are free of gluten, grains, preservatives, trans fats, GMO, and soy. Enjoy wild seafood, organic farm fresh eggs, and seasonal organic produce. Find them at revolvefoodwine.com. Hi, I'm Nicole, and I live in Everett. I like to go to Emery's by Silver Lake. I'm Kelsey Jones from Seattle Magazine, and you're listening to The Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I am Tom Marin, the owner and the publisher of Seattle Dining, also known as seattledining.com since 1999. I know, ahead of his time. Wow, going into our 21st year. Maybe that we're almost legal. Whoa, that's that's getting old. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Well, speaking of getting old, we're entering a new decade and we're all getting older. But um, there's still fresh ideas to throw out to of how to look at your new year and you know you don't have to try to lose 50 pounds i mean if you want to okay go ahead but (laughs) but uh these are kind of fun ideas i think that we've got that you can contemplate uh i know last year my uh new year's resolution was mutton chops and uh i I did that for 12 months i think i'm gonna take them off now though but uh but i got new new year's resolutions and you do too so why, why don't you go ahead and Throw out your first one. We'll go back and forth with okay. those. Um, in terms of going out, I've said this before, but I don't do it. But I want to try more new places. So, like, I haven't decided yet. Once a week, once a month, I want to do at least one new place. Probably more than that, two. Two a month at least. That I, mm-hmm. And even some that wouldn't normally grab my attention. For instance, per our previous conversation, Big Chicky. You know? There's Big things, Chicky. There's things I hear about, of course, too late for that. But now Big Chicky's over, too so late for you that. can't do it. Yeah, but I'm just saying there's things that I hear about 
And I think I'll have to try that, and I never do. So that's my first one. But, you know, this is a good show to listen to because, like, you talked about the jetty. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, unless somebody's going to go up there and spend a the night, they probably don't even know the jetty's there. Exactly. Unless they live in the Everett area. Yeah. But a lot of people don't. So mm-hmm. um, I have a friend who lives in Everett, and I think it would be fun to have a group of us meet there and have lunch because then yeah. we'd all learn about We've it. We've always yeah. got fun ideas on this show, and there's other places that you can look at, too. Um, so yeah, yeah, that, that that's a good one. Yeah. Um, mine is, uh, try a new cooking format. Mm. So I think over the last couple of years, I, I kind of really mastered the condo barbecue guy thing Yeah, where I was smoking in a little Weber and I had, I had acquired a few barbecue tools, the basket and the mm-hmm. grates and, and learned how to do uh, a pork shoulder on a little Weber barbecue with smoking chips and the whole nine yeah. yards. And I, and I, you know, I, re- I really love doing the smoked foods that we do it's now. It's been good. And uh, for 2020, I'm going in a new direction, and I have a sous vide that has just arrived. Oh, it's here. And, uh, you know, you and I had uh, prime rib at Christmas, Mm -hmm. and it was just the two of us. So we had a five-pound rib roast, and we took the rest of that rib roast, cut it up, and vacuum-packed it. And now for New Year's Eve, the plan is – remember, we're recording this just before New Year's. Um, we're going to put that in the sous vide and bring it back to life. And then when we open up that package, it's going to be so juicy. It's just going to mm. be like Christmas Eve all over again. I know. Mm-mm-mm. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, so you'll probably hear me talk a little bit about sous vide things that I've either worked or didn't work. Yeah. Uh, over the next few months, as as I uh, do my my discover, as I go through my discovery phase. Yes. So so try a new cooking format. You don't have to do sous vide. You could do Korean barbecue. Yeah. Or I don't know. See, this is another reason it's a fun show to listen to because a lot of people, myself included, won't do this. I will not go out and get equipment and start training myself. But Tom is very good at this. He really gets interested in things, and it ends up well, like 99% of the yeah, time. Yeah, sometimes so, it doesn't. But, yeah, uh, there's times. So you got to give it a shot. Uh, kind of going along with that, one of my other ones was to try and make things at home I normally wouldn't. We talked about this the other day. We both would like to eat more fish, but we don't like to cook it at home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I actually used to cook fish when I was younger, and I don't remember having big problems with it, but I have this thing in my mind that fish is really tough to do at home, and you can mess it up so quickly. And so, you can really stink your house You can up. really stink your house up. That's why I'm looking forward to the sous vide. I'm looking forward to packing yeah. a salmon with a nice strip of rosemary yeah. and some butter and capers and stuff, yeah. and then put it in the sous vide. Yeah. For and that may be where we go. I mean, I do shellfish at home because mm-hmm. you can get rid of those shells immediately. You know, take them out, yeah. dump them, but, yeah. you know, so – but I think I will try a few, and we'll find out what doesn't stink the house up so much, and those we can do. Well, I tell you what, you 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 do the test run at home without me, yeah. <laughs> so I don't get caught in the middle of that. When my mom was still alive, Tom would always say, "Why don't you and your mom do that and yeah. tell me how it goes? You tell me how that goes." Now I'm on my own. How did that? How did that miso black cod go? <laughs> 
What else you got? Uh, what else? Uh, um, oh, uh, a couple of things I want to reduce my intake of. Mm. I've already been working on this, so I've already kind of started this resolution, but I want to make sure that I reduce the volume of vegetable oil that oh, I yeah. consume, yeah. which is rampant in deep frying. Yeah. So if you like to eat out and you're getting fried foods, chances are it's vegetable oil, Mm -hmm. which is probably one of the worst oils you can put in your body along with canola oil and uh, a couple others. Um, We'll we'll, we'll probably do a little article on that. Yeah. Um, That's another piece of equipment we need to buy, an air fryer. Well, I see them all over the place. Really funny because I went to uh, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond and I was just going to see what they had for sous vides. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Oh. But they had air fryers. They had a whole whole uh, row of them. Wow. Because so. Americans eat too much fried food. That's why. But, you know, if you, even if you're even if you got an air fryer and they say it's healthier for you, it's not healthier for you if you're putting vegetable oil onto the food. Exactly. So you need to be using better quality oils that are better for the yeah. human body. And ones that – Handle high heat well so right. you're not putting carcinogenic things in your body. Yeah, yeah. Because when you run an air fryer up at four or 500 degrees, you, you can't be using olive oil. Yeah. You need to be using something better like an extra light olive mm-hmm. oil. Uh, we talk about this on the show all the time, but the reason I guess we keep bringing it up is because <laughs> nobody talks nobody's, about it when you're at the Nobody's listening to us. Yeah. And we see so many recipes go by from different – you know, PCC, whether it's PCC, Central Market, whoever it is, they keep they keep telling you to go to high heat and use olive oil, and it's yeah. wrong. Yeah, you're hurting yourself. Uh, I also want to reduce my intake of sugar. Mm-hmm. I've been working on that, so um, I'm you know I'm not diabetic, and I'm not gonna be diabetic. Mm-mm. That's my plan. That's the plan. And sugar, as we've probably mentioned ad nauseum, but it's kind of the basis to cause inflammation. And inflammation is the base of almost every disease. Yep. So if you really want to help yourself, cut the sugar out. Yep. Make it a special. And it's not thing. hard to do. And you can learn how to uh, how to cut your sugar. And you know, in your own recipes, like you know, a lot of baking recipes call for a ton of sugar. Mm-hmm. So you cut it in half with uh, stevia. I, see, I have issues like with diet cokes and things like this. There's something in me that says stevia is not a. The, stevia what, is, it is a not like a, it's a natural product. Oh, okay, comes so off it's, tea leaf, it's yeah. not a chemically produced thing. Mm-mm. Okay, I'm I'm okay with that. Then. It's, a, it's a good product, and you can actually yeah. buy it organic. So yeah, and I did. So you, you got the next one. Okay, um, this is kind of um, <coughs> we sort of do this anyway, but. We're pretty good at trying like new cocktails, things we don't normally drink, because people are doing such interesting cocktail things around Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it would also be, we kind of don't do a lot of tasting rooms, wine tasting rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, it can either get expensive or yeah. sometimes like they don't chill wines down. That was one of our complaints yeah. last time. But um, there are places I would like to try. Like I just found out today, there's a place called the House of Pain. But it's P-A-G-N-E. It's mm-hmm. champagnes mm-hmm. in Soto. And so it looked like it might be fun. And they, they will sell it. You can taste it. They'll sell it by the glass. They'll sell it by the bottle. Okay. So, um, you know, stuff like that would be kind of fun to, to learn about some champagnes or sparkling wines or um, some other wines we just don't know anything about. You know, we haven't tried them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were talking about cocktails. So, you know, yeah. another thing you could do is hunt down some of the, the top mixologist in the city mm-hmm. 
and go and have a, a drink or two at their bar. Yeah, see exactly. What, see what really see what you think. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, well, it's no secret that I love to go to the rickshaw <laughs> and spend way too much money on the jukebox. Yeah, other people go to the rickshaw and spend way too much money on booze, yeah. but not Tom. No. So I have come up with uh, a reasonable solution to that, which allows me to continue to go to the rickshaw <laughs> and spend way too much money on a jukebox. And uh, what I've come up with is I signed up with Rover.com. Um, people don't know this who don't know me, but I normally walk about 700 miles a year through my neighborhood, which equates to about three miles a day, five days a week. If you do the math on that, you get a number close to 700. Now, that means i got to get a new pair of shoes every year. And, you know, you're going to walk around in Seattle. you got to have Gore-Tex line shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, got to have clothing that's suitable for it, that sort of thing. But, hey, I thought, well, if I want to walk all these miles, why not get paid for it too? So uh, as a walker for Rover.com, I take 60-minute walks with dogs. I don't get a lot of money, but it's uh, it's good jukebox money. Yeah, real good. So good I got my jukebox tab covered over over at the rickshaw now. So uh, come on up to the rickshaw sometime this year. Find me in there, and uh, I'll play a song for you. And, and this I won't is care. this so, is related to food. How? Well, um, the, the idea eat at is the rickshaw while they're there? if you have a if you have some sort of love of food mm-hmm. that you're spending way too much oh, money on, then you can supplement that love of food. Okay. Yeah. In my case, it's food for the ears. Yeah. What's okay. left of the ears. <laughs> but if you do like, you know, if you want to go out and eat out more, mm-hmm. if you were, you sh- everybody should be breaking a sweat yeah. almost every day. So why not get paid to break the sweat? Yeah. And these dogs love you. Yeah. And uh, I do cat drop-ins and that sort of thing, too. And uh, it's all it's all kind of fun. It's like a little circus going on. Yeah. yeah. And I just do one walk a day. So, yeah. so it's a nice yeah, it's way to supplement fun. your... Your habit of whether it's food or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, all right. You, you tied that up nicely. Yeah. All right. I think we're at the end of the show. The end of our first show of the year. Um. um no, we got to take a little break. Oh, are we going to? And take then we'll come back. You You want to just go ahead and jump into the tips and tricks? We can. Okay. All right. We're there. We're there. Let's do it. We just don't like to end before we leave you with a couple tips and tricks. Um, one of the things that I was going to suggest to people is that they learn through real tasting what works for you, your palate. So just like if you're, uh, if you don't drink coffee a lot, what do you want? Do you want more or less acid? Do you want it to be strong or weak, black or with cream or flavors? What's the difference between rye and bourbon and whiskey and Scotch whiskey and whiskey spelled with an e and not? You know, do you like wines that are dry or fruit forward or sweet? It's one of those things that you really only learn through tasting. So get out there and find places that allow you to experiment a little. I mean, it could be Chateau Saint-Michel where you take that class and actually mix your own wine blend. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be just going to a tasting room. It could be going, like you just suggested, to a bar that a notable mixologist owns or works at, um, and you get a feel for what they're doing. You know, just... Um, it's it's fun to have a base to work with. You can always continue to learn, but kind of fun to know what your palate's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and ch- and keep expanding your palate. Yeah, through doing things like that because there's no end to it. You can expand and expand. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Let's see. My tip this month will be uh, we were talking about animals before, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I've had several over the decades. Um, and some of the most recent animals I've had tend to like to break my drinkware. <laughs> and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever had your drinkware broken by an animal, you know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So um, my tip is go ahead and, and break out the 10 bucks and buy yourself some plastic wine glasses or a plastic martini glass or a plastic. Yeah. I like your stainless steel stemless wine stainless glasses. Stainless steels are nice too, yeah. Yeah. Well, they'll bend those eventually. They'll they'll get them and they'll fling them out of their mouth and make them hit the wall. And... <laughs> these are wild animals, jungle animals. <laughs> I don't know who these animals are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, consider, you know, there's a lot of nice plastic drinkware on the market now. Yeah, there's stuff that doesn't look or feel so plasticky, and it's you know. And if you're having trouble finding just everyday drinkware, you could go to a place like Seattle Restaurant Supply that sells to both consumers and restaurants. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a nice selection, nothing too expensive. Um, if you don't find what you're looking for, then go online and yeah. buy it there. But, uh, but I always like to give the retail guys one shot first. If they don't have what I want, I'm not going to keep driving around. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's what I got. Okay. Well, that means it's time to wrap up. Thank you for joining us for all of 2019. Thanks for joining us at the start of 2020. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. All right. We will see you back here in February for the month of love. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music, of Fremont icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show